Have you seen that TikTok? No. <laughs> I don't really watch Where TikTok. Where the guy's like, he's like, he's like, Jabria, are you smart? And she's like, yes. <laughs> and it's like hilarious. And then the guy like actually asks them questions. Like, it's like, oh, and they're toddlers. They're toddlers. The guy's like, oh, what language do they speak in Spain? And they'll be like, boop, boop, beep, bop. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> I've seen like a bunch of those on TikTok. It's so funny. You know what? The one thing I will say about TikTok is, you know, as much as cringe as, as it is, it's pretty entertaining sometimes. Like, there's a lot of creative people on there. <laughs> if you're on the right TikTok page, I'll say if you're on Sea Shanty TikTok, oh. great. Because you can hear all the harmonies and yeah. <sighs> the vocal ranges of different people duetting it. And it sounds so amazing. If you're on baby TikTok, if you're on dog TikTok, that's fun. Um, if you're <laughs> on educational TikTok, yeah. great too. Yeah. It, uh, like here's the thing though a lot of people think tiktok is just those crazy like dances that everybody does and like those are fun and everything but yeah like i think our, our friend anthony um has a tiktok this <laughs> he has a tiktok <laughs> on genealogy TikTok. yeah did you not know unrelated to anything he does You're, and he's a photographer yeah yeah <laughs> like out of the blue he just i think twain you sent me TikTok, right I, I sent you his and I'm like, what is Anthony doing these days? And I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. But this this dude's got a following. And yeah. to sort of piggyback on that, like it's not his discipline at all as a creator. <laughs> yeah. He's he's not into <laughs> like creating these TikToks and in like I guess he is as an aside, but he's a photographer primarily, right? Yeah. And he's kind of found this other niche yeah. that he's sort of just thriving off of. Um and that sort of kind of dives into episode two of in frame podcast where we're going to be talking about sort of your field or your discipline in photography i'm twain he's zeke let's get into it cool so take me take me through sort of how you landed on shooting the stuff that you do now like tell everybody like what you shoot mm -hmm. and like how you kind of got into shooting that specific thing okay um well to to start off i mean i'd never like right now i consider myself as you know a fashion creative photographer like an editorial photographer so if you're if you're looking to shoot a certain story um or you know tell a story with your i guess your your clothing or product or whatever it is you know then i'm i'm your go-to kind of guy um but i i wasn't always that um when i started off doing photography in university it was more so like doing events um so like uh i don't know like society events the, you know those balls or whatever it is the galas um i'll be camera and flash taking photos of people you know turning it up um that was my thing and then I, from there like i moved on to shooting weddings and uh I shot weddings for quite a bit, you know, I, I didn't quite like being the primary photographer, so I would get into being the secondary photographer or, or videographer. Um, sometimes I'll shoot video. Um, and then, yeah, like it was, it was kind of weird. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a while before I actually figured out what my discipline was. Um, you know, when people would ask me, I'd be like, yeah, I shoot this, but I also shoot this and that. Um, but then, you know, it wasn't until recently that I started saying, okay, like I, I don't like shooting weddings. Um, it's, it's a little too crazy for me. Um, and it's the entire day. Um, but I, you know, I like, you know, photographing stories and telling stories that way. 
Um, so I started working with agency models, started doing a lot of creatives, um, that sort of thing. And then from there, I started pitching it to my clients um, and telling them, hey, like if you've got clothing or if you've got this, um, then I can do this. Or sometimes it's not, it has nothing to do with fashion, but it's still in the same vein as telling a story. Um, and, you know, I guess that's my discipline, really. <laughs> that's how I came, came across it. So what about you, Twain? Uh, so for me, my discipline right now is I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm a jack of all trades in a way. Uh, and I know that's, it's not the most sort of concrete answer, but I'll say this, I would call myself, I guess, a lifestyle photographer. I do do a lot of mm -hmm. events and weddings and I also do just sort of lifestyle shots with like influencers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, like that stuff pays the bills. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like a, a wedding, like 10 to 12 weddings a year, that's decent money for someone who's got a camera and knows how to take a photo um, and can, you know, be efficient about it and have a good relationship with their clients. Like that's going to earn you some good money. Also, the Instagram stuff like Instagram is huge and these influencers are always looking at um, creating things that separate them from their con other content creators. So they'll usually hire a photographer for a lot of their sponsored posts, you know, and they'll budget for that because they want to stand out. They want their content to reach as many people um, as possible and quality content will do that. So they'll they'll hire photographers like myself and. It's stuff that you won't necessarily see on my page because it's it kind of goes back to it's 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 a bit re it's repetitive and it's kind of the same type of lifestyle shots and when you're working in that kind of field oh uh, and with marketing agencies and things like that they they have a certain look and you just kind of have to follow it mm -hmm. and I mean that's kind of what I do to shoot and I also do corporate videos as well. That's like my day job where I do like corporate videos and stuff like that um, for my day job. But I don't do it a lot like every single day, but at least like three to four times a month, I'll do a corporate video, you know, for my company that I work for. Um, but I would say like outside of that, there, what I enjoy is like filmmaking and, and telling a story, you know, through motion picture. Like that's my passion, you know, and that's what I really want to do. But at the same time, like, I also understand that there are parts of the creative industry that need more content than others and that are going to have more jobs than others. And I think a lot of people might struggle with that. They're like, well, I don't want to do that. That's boring. But at the same time, it's like, you kind of have to pay the bills. So mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You can't, you cannot rely solely on hitting a jackpot of somebody picking up your screenplay or your idea for a short film and, and hope to get that funded. And tomorrow you're going to be nominated for an Academy Award kind of deal. Like, you know, you can have a home run mindset, but you have to know it's going to take some time to get there. And you're going to have all, all these expenses come up in between and all these life things that are going to have to be paid for somehow, especially if you want to do this mm -hmm. full time, you know, mm -hmm. so... I mean, I think for me, like discipline and like the field that I'm in greatly differs from like the passion projects that I want to work for. And that's okay. And I think that's okay. I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. Like I know for me, you know, sometimes you get those jobs that, you know, like sometimes I'll get jobs that aren't necessarily 
fashion editorial um, or that kind of thing, especially in today's late climate with COVID going on and everything, you know, it's, it's really hard to plan something where it's, it's along the lines of a editorial. Um, actually, a lot of the work that I do right now is graphic design. A lot of it is, you know, creating logos, um, creating graphic material, um, kind of content so that people can post it or use it in their slide decks or that kind of thing. Um, and the biggest thing I think is when we're, when we're talking about passion versus discipline, um, you know, for me, what I'm very passionate about is, is telling a story, but when it comes down to discipline, sometimes that's not always the case. Um, and so, you know, there's a, a lot of you photographers out there or creators out there will be faced with that decision where, you know, a lot of the times your portfolio is a lot of your creative work that you were very passionate about that you kind of it, it's your brainchild essentially um and but you know i've heard this said by a lot of photographers or creators where they go oh but i can't put my client work on my portfolio you know and that's sort of the wrong mindset to go with because then you start creating that divide between um your client work and your passion work like why can't you have both why can't you be doing something that you're passionate about with it and you know um, I know for myself the way that I see it is you know when I put something on my portfolio that's what I want my clients to see that's what I want people that I'm getting creative with to see is you know that's sort of the vein that I'm going with um, and that I know from the get-go you know if I hire this guy he's gonna help me tell a story you know versus oh like you know he he takes good photographs so he could you know help me take photos of my house or something you know and all of a sudden it's it's completely different from what you know your passion is and then all of a sudden you've got that divide between your passion and discipline and sometimes you have to take those jobs um but i think that you know you're in control of that you you know you can definitely do um what you're passionate about while still making that your discipline yeah and to that point where you talk about that divide and, and sometimes I'll, I'll admit it. Like I, I will see it with myself. It's like, yeah, I do a lot of this client work, but to me, it's, it's sometimes I can box myself in a little bit where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, it's, it's so repetitive. And so I'm always trying to find ways to, to do things differently or create something new with the same type of content I've been, been asked to create. So like stuff like that, where maybe you thought you want a safer passion project, you actually work into a client role and a client sees that and it's like, oh, that's really cool. I like that idea. Like you, you know, you'll feel good about it because it's like, oh, I didn't think this would necessarily work for this type of project, but somehow it works. Client loves it. And now you've created something within, you know, the discipline that you're in, but that also reflects a bit of your passion and, and a bit more of your taste. Right. So it's like incorporating that into some of the the jobs that you kind of have to just do to to kind of get by and and i mean it's it's kind of like i don't know it's it's interesting because like I, I know i can see that divide with my work where i, I want to be doing something something like a bit more different than what i do now but i know that i have to take a lot more steps to get there um than to kind of just be like turn down every creator influencer kind of gig i get now versus just you know trying to um you know just do whatever i want you know with my work so i i like with anybody i think there's going to be steps that you're going to have to take yeah to kind of find ways to merge both 
mm-hmm. um or incorporate both so i think it just it, it depends yeah like it depends a, a lot of creators will start off by doing jobs that you don't you don't necessarily enjoy like like i know for myself you know i got into doing weddings and shooting events and stuff and you know it's not really what i like to do or what i like to shoot um but you know when i go to those jobs i treat it like anything else you know something that i am passionate about and you never know like sometimes those gigs lead to or you know with those gigs you'll end up getting connected to someone who is in the same vein as your passion you know like you'll end up you know it'll lead to somewhere else and so you know when you're starting out you kind of have to do those jobs you kind of have to go and, and get a feel and and it'll also help you gain experience as well um yeah you know like dealing with clients or um you know being prepared with your gear you know sometimes you'll show up at a gig and you know some photographers will show up and they're, they're missing a battery or something or you know like midway through your battery dies what do you do you know that kind of thing um so when you I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, you should be prepared for that kind of stuff, but sometimes things happen. And as you work through those gigs, you'd gain that kind of experience. You get, you gain that know-how, um, that you can only gain, you know, through doing those jobs. Sometimes you're making mistakes. Other times, you know, you stumble upon doing something a certain way and it works beautifully. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't get discouraged if you're doing something that is quite different from your passion. Or no, it sometimes yeah. it leads back to the road. Exactly. And, and it's a great thing you mentioned that because there's there's a few jobs that I've taken where it's like, oh man, like, yeah, you know what? It pays it pays good. I'm gonna do it. And I'm not necessarily, you know, I or it's like I can't necessarily see how how creative or I can't see how much more creative I could be with this role if I'm just asked to do this. Like the one job that Zeke and I both did was Boots and Hearts. Yeah. Right. And Boots and Hearts was a, it's a country music festival in Northern Ontario here yep. in Canada. Yeah. And it was four days of country music. And um, <clears throat> all of us listened to gangster rap and drill. So we blast <laughs> that in our cabs. So like in our, in our trailers and it was just hilarious. It was country music all day. And then after 11 PM, it'd be like, like, you know, just the dirtiest of hip hop and, and drill beats yeah. playing and be like hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. But what Zeke and I had to do, we were hired as videographers, event videographers. And so we'd have to go around just capturing the day, like certain moments that would happen with, you know, people on the grounds, the artists, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't something necessarily like both of us were into um, at the time. And it's just like, it was a job and that's how we treated it. You know, we were still professional, uh, we still approached it, uh, approached it with enthusiasm, you know, uh, and, and we're still respectful to, uh, in every regard. And, mm-hmm. and you have to remember that even though you may not necessarily feel like this is a fit for you, but you you still have to do it. Just be professional and kind of go about it like you would any other job. Right. And you know, funnily enough, like that turned into other gigs for me, mm-hmm. like other video related gigs, because they saw like our work ethic, they saw how professional we were and that translates. And those are, those are, you know, qualities that people will pick up on, on set, on a job site or on any type of shoot. So always keep that in the back of your mind 
when you know you're doing something that you might not necessarily feel like fits your fits your role as a photographer or your style mm-hmm. um it may lead to something down the road as zeke mentioned right so yeah yeah like i know for myself i'm i'm not a huge fan of country um but i saw it as an opportunity to kind of be like okay none well, of our friends are no no twain's the only one actually <laughs> <laughs> a little it's like I'm a, a little country listener a little a closet country music listener okay all right he's too modest he'll he'll actually jam out lock them doors and turn <laughs> them lights down low see exactly what i mean uh <laughs> no like i Honestly, for me, like, I remember that gig. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, actually, a few days before that, I went to Oshiega, which is, you know, a sort of, I guess it's indie. It's funny because I shot Oshiega a year after that. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I remember going to Oshiega and, you know, it's I, I love the music at Oshiega. They have something for everyone. Um, but I remember going into that week being like, all right, I need to go to Oshiega you know, absorb as much good music as I can, or at least music that I prefer. And then, you know, after Oshega, I have to go to a country festival for four days. And, you know, as much as I don't like country, the vibe is actually great. Like, the people that were there were amazing. Um, you know, it was still a lot of fun being in that crowd. And, like, you just can't help but have a good time. Um, but, yeah, it was it was definitely a strenuous weekend. Um, it was four days of like nonstop filming. We'd start filming at like one in the afternoon till, you know, wee hours of the midnight? morning. Midnight. Yeah. Sometimes pa- past midnight. Um, yeah. Sometimes we'd they'd be like, "Go get some like footage of the after parties." Yeah. We're like what? Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, you got a wristband. <laughs> They'll let you in anywhere." Yeah. Honestly, those wristbands. My God, that's like oh. a secret service <laughs> card. You could get into any Power. nook and cranny of that event ground. I was like, "Yeah." You'd like walk on stage and they, they'd. They wouldn't even look twice at you because they see the color of your wristband mm-hmm. and you just walk on stage. Yeah. And as long as the artist was cool with it, you were good. And you were like, yeah. sorry, what? This is a different kind of privilege. Like, yeah, it was it was fun. Like, you know, those pit areas yeah. that like usually, oh, you yeah. know, if, if you make it to the very front of a concert or performance, there's usually like a pit in front of you. That's sort of that gap between you and the artist. That's where we lived for four days. Like we, we would yeah, show a that wristband. Was, that was actually kind of sick. Yeah. Like as much as we weren't huge fans of the music, like just to have that experience yeah. and knowing how to even approach that experience, at least professionally, right? Like, you know, you have to respect certain artists' wishes. They don't want this photographed of them. You don't want that photographed of them or videoed of them. So mm-hmm. it's like now Zeke and I have that experience. And yeah. say someone's like, oh, do you guys want to shoot Oshiega? And we're like, yeah. You know, yeah. we did so-and-so boots and hearts Mm -hmm. and like maybe it's you know a concert that we're more um our music tastes are accustomed to or in tune to Mm -hmm. so it's like little things like that that you'll pick up at these jobs where they're transferable skills or transferable yeah experiences or learning moments right so yeah it's to take that with you at yeah to take that with you from the jobs you may not necessarily like to the jobs that you will eventually be doing full-time or want to do full-time or Mm-hmm. Um, anything like that right so yeah I think, like i know I those that's pretty cool those early jobs like when i was first starting out definitely taught me you know certain procedures like you know having having a checklist before i leave my apartment or my place uh going to a gig you know making sure that i have certain pieces of gear um you know you saying you wouldn't take all your gear with you no <laughs> that's the thing like sometimes it's in, in certain jobs you don't have to have all your gear. It actually weighs you down. So 
like you know that kind of experience going through yeah like like shooting weddings not my thing but at least now i know how to deal with you know doing large groups of portraiture which is a transferable skill when you're working i guess like e-com or if you're doing um, an editorial maybe you're shooting with like 13 people at the same time and so you, now you know how to light that you know how to deal with that many people and make sure you, the shot's still good um and it's what the client's looking for kind of deal um so yeah definitely definitely don't chirp on you know those other projects or or you know things that are for other clients that aren't necessarily in line with your passion um definitely see them as opportunities to learn or you know gain that experience um yeah and to kind of sort of i guess pivot off that a bit like what about people or like the crater landscape as of now in like 2020 2021 mm -hmm. where you're seeing more creators do a lot more things right yeah. you're looking like what about like the jack of all trades yeah like back in the day you had a graphic designer as part of your agency you had a photographer you might have a dedicated video person or video team but now you're seeing more and more creators sort of morph into this all-in-one type of solution for clients mm -hmm. and I, how do you feel about that well it's funny you say that because like that's kind of the way that i work um like a lot of the times over the years, like I've, you know, based on the projects that I've worked on and stuff like that, you know, like, let's say I worked on an editorial. Well, like after that editorial gets sent to the client, you know, they'll send it off to their editor or whoever, and then I'll see them do some weird graphic design stuff on it, you know? And I was like, why? Like, <laughs> you know, like, why'd you create, why'd you choose this font? You could have done this. You could have, you know, and then from there I started like, figuring out okay like maybe if i pitch it to my client that i can do this and also deal with the design um then you know i i'm able to create something that's more cohesive um so yeah i i've sort of become that jack of all trades where i'm sort of multidisciplinary. Um, but I, that's also like the way i am like i'm very much um a, like a curious person like sometimes i'll um one, one of my favorite pastimes is looking at magazines um, looking at ads and, you know, editorials and magazines, kind of drawing inspiration from them and seeing what they've done, you know, how coloring was done, how they've used certain types of fonts in that editorial or how, you know, like how they've used the assets wisely in that particular final piece. And then I start to take that back into my work, start to say, hey, like if I shoot this a certain way and leave like negative space, I'm able to understand that I can put something here that's useful for the client, you know, or, or I might be able to pitch that idea to them. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely tricky, um, to be a Jack because there's a lot of learning curves. Um, like there's still some things that I yep. don't want to touch on. Like for example, animation with after effects, I can do very basic things, <laughs> but you know, if someone's asking me for something complex, I'll be like, go find an animator you know like they'll definitely know better yeah um and get it done faster than than i would um but i th yeah. i think it's uh it's definitely useful um picking up on certain skills like that for sure yeah like i think like the basics of of certain other i guess creative elements or creative areas are kind of necessary at least right now in the way that our landscape shaped mm -hmm. like a little bit of graphic design knowledge you know a little bit of 
video editing skills, knowing how to take a photo. You know, of course, you're going to have strengths in different areas and you're also going to have weaknesses. And I think the key is to know what your weaknesses are and not be afraid to lay it out to your clients and sort of, um, you know, I guess, tame their expectations, right? If you can't do something, don't say that you can, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, especially if it's not your discipline, just don't be like, uh, yeah. Can you also do the graphic design for this campaign in addition to the photos? And you don't know the first thing about graphic design, or you don't know why certain fonts are chosen over others or, uh, why certain design elements are used versus others, like things like that. If you don't have the knowledge, don't be afraid to tell your client that be like, okay, look, I don't know, but I may know a person that could help me that I've worked with in the past that can do X, Y, Z in terms of graphic design. Mm -hmm. Right. And I relate to this so much because at work I have to do graphic design stuff. And I, the measuring stick I use is Zeke. So Zeke's like, how would Zeke do this? You know, if he was going to design it. So anytime I have to design something for work, I look at like Zeke stuff for inspiration or what he's done. And it's so weird because like, I'll take bits and pieces and then I'll make it my own. And then I realize like, shit, this actually doesn't look good. Cause I've tried to make it my own and I'm not really using graphic design principles. So it's like, yeah, I'm no good at this, but so I always default to something really basic. Um, so it's like things like that. Like my work knows that I'm not a graphic designer. Like they primer mm-hmm. primarily hired me as, as a, a photo taker, a photo taker, a photographer, photo taker, <laughs> a, a photographer, <laughs> Yeah, a photo taker, um, a photographer and a videographer and storyteller because that's my skill set. But of course, posters still need to be designed. Communications still need to to look good, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I do that too as part of my role. But I also understand my limitation. And I think that's key, especially uh, when I th- a lot of clients are looking for all-in-one solutions in creators is to be fortright and be like, I don't think I can do this, but here's who would be able to do it. So don't be afraid to do that either. And if, if it's something that you're looking to add to your arsenal, spend the time to actually learn it. And, you know, that's part of who you are and what you offer, um, as a creator, as a freelancer, you know, you can offer that and it's added value for your business. Um, even though it might not be your discipline, you can add that on and, and, and sort of still build that to your client and charge that to your client instead of them going to somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more so the way I look at it is like you're investing in yourself to learn that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's kind of nice to have. Yeah. Um, but, but don't be afraid to, to sort of lay out your limitations. Yeah. If there are, should you have any, if you think you are limited. (laughs) So well, one key thing about, I mean, I I'll say like, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I was like, I started off as a photographer first. I wasn't a videographer first. And I started to get into videography and I realized like, shit, I like this a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) So I spent the time to learn everything about it. And now I could be like, yeah, I'll shoot that. I think this is what you're going to need for this type of shoot X, Y, Z. And I get a lot more video jobs than I do photo jobs. I'll say that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like definitely, you know, on the topic of knowing your limitation, in order to know your limitation, you kind of have to get creative. You have to do those creatives. Um, a lot of people, you know, neglect to do things that, you know, to, to do those passion projects or to experiment. And you need to give yourself that space to fuck up, I guess. You know, to really just... Sometimes you're going to do something and you need to give yourself that sort of environment where you can mess up. 
um, because, you know, when you're on a client shooter, you know, when you're doing a project, you can't really mess up. It's not one of those things that, you know, it's just you, you can't do it. Um, but when you give yourself that space, when you're doing an, a creative or you're experimenting, um, you're giving yourself that space to mess up, know your limits and know, OK, like my piece of gear can only do so much um, in these situations. If I really want to get this look, then, you know, I'm going to have to buy a new piece of gear or I'm going to have to change my light setup. Um, that's where you really start to push your boundaries. And then you take whatever you learn in your creatives and you bring that back. You bring that back to your clients. Um, and I think that's that's what uh, I'm going to lead back to where I was, what I was saying before, is that, you know, when you're putting stuff on your portfolio, that's sort of your latest menu per se that you're that you're pitching to your clients you know that's that's your latest and greatest work uh where you've you know that's probably your latest creative or your latest project that you've you know uh, the latest techniques that you've learned and you're starting to put that and pitch it to them and say this is what i can do currently um and then you get those jobs and then you know a few months down the road or a month down the road you do a new creative where you're able to pick up new skills and experiment again. Um, so definitely, you know, that's where you learn your limit. That's where you put it. Um, and you definitely grow as a creative for sure. Okay. I've, I've got a, I got, I got a question. I guess I could, uh, I could ask you. Okay. Uh, so say you are actually, I start this again. So say you, Oh my God. <laughs> Cats cut your tongue? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so say you're, you've just started out in, yeah. in photography, right? And mm -hmm. you're, you know, you've kind of learned the ins and outs of it or whatever creative discipline you've chosen to get into um, or creative area you've chosen to get, get into. Like mm -hmm. you, you're starting to see that people might require your services. Um, how do you go about you know, or what advice would you give to people that are looking to get into one discipline? Like, what would you say to them? Or like, how would you tell people to go about getting into that discipline if they've got limited experience in it um, yeah. and are looking to gain more experience in it? Yeah, like trying, like, I guess try, what you're asking is trying how someone can line up their passion with their discipline. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like that too. I guess it sort of falls in the same vein. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is really... Um, trying to stay focused on it. Like, obviously, your first couple of jobs are going to be, you know, the standard, like, wedding jobs and family portrait stuff. And, you know, those are kind of standard photography. Like, I, not, I wouldn't say beginner jobs because a lot of people have, that's their discipline. That's what they do full time. Um, but, you know, like, as a photographer, that's, you know, chances are that those are your projects that you're getting right off the bat. But, again, like, what I was saying before was, you know, when you're doing those creatives, don't just do them because they look cool. Like, don't just do them because you're like, oh, like, this is something I really, really want to achieve, like, this look or whatever. And, um, you know, when you're doing creatives, have that in your mind that this is sort of where you want to go, the direction you want to go with your photography um, when you're finding your clients. Like, this is sort of the work that you want to do. Um, because, like I was saying before, is that when you do this, these creatives, that's where you pick up on those skills. You start to learn certain things. Um, and then you bring that back to your client. Um, or you start looking for clients that um, kind of fit that, right? Like, you know, for example, if you're shooting product photography, 
if you're doing a creative where you've got a desk set up, you've got a backdrop, your lights are all there. If you put that on your website and start, you know, pitching yourself and, and ad, like, I guess, promoting yourself as that kind of photographer, then, you know, you're going to see that they're going to, they're going to see that, oh, this person does product photography. Maybe I should hit them up, you know, um, rather than you start throwing up random stuff on there, you know, your previous projects, um, your previous client work. And then they start looking at like, oh, like, are you a, are you a family photographer? But you also do, you know, you shoot sneakers or, you know, that kind of thing. You kind of want to have your portfolio. Lay out a clear message. Yeah. Yeah. You want it to be very, um, I guess, very direct. Um, or sorry, you want to have a direction with your work. Um, that's probably the most important thing. And then, you know, that's where you start to pick up on clients that, you know, line up with your passion and then your passion and discipline start to overlap. Um, and you start to work on projects that you're actually passionate about. Um, and in the end, it doesn't feel like work because it's your passion, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, and also in, in sort of the same sort of breath, don't disregard the value of networking either. Mm -hmm. Because meeting people from different disciplines and, and different passions and different creative perspectives is going to allow you to open your mind to those things and form your own opinions and your own vision about some of those fields or things that you'd want to shoot, right? So I think networking is also a key thing, especially when you're just starting out and looking to find what sort of your signature is going to be, you know, whether you're going to be a lifestyle product, wedding, that type of uh, photographer or mm -hmm. creator. So networking, I think is something that needs to be sort of emphasized because I really wouldn't be where I am now without the network I've sort of built. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And, and again, like you never know where some of your other projects will lead. Like the biggest the biggest form of advertising that any photographer creator or videographer has is word of mouth. Um, you know, like your clients talk to other people and your clients probably have other people they know that, you know, might fit the projects that you want to do. And they'll come up to you and be like, Hey, so I got a friend who, you know, wants, you know, a fashion editorial done. They're, they're creating a whole uh, clothing line. Would you be interested in shooting that? And then that's where that network comes into play. You know, you, you never know where things lead down the road. It could be, you know, a few months from now. It could be a year. Um, it's it's all worth for something. Nothing. Your time's never wasted on something. The only time that you yeah. waste is time that you know you're not doing anything or you're not progressing forward uh, with your work. So, yeah. Just sort of speaking about networking itself. Um, what's sort of the biggest network that you can sort of trace with your creative work like sort of if you didn't know these people or didn't make a good impression with these people you may have not gotten that job hmm. or a job down the line I'm trying to think <laughs> i'm still trying to think i mean the the, the job that comes to mind first because we just talked is boots and hearts um and boots and hearts came to be because of uh because of anthony actually so um I didn't know this at the time, but there's such a thing as Shutterstock pre uh, Premium or Custom, where Shutterstock Custom. Yeah, yeah. so Shutterstock Cost a uh, Custom basically, uh, what it is is it's basically stock footage or stock images 
that's tailored specifically for a, a certain company. So for example, um, Boots and Hearts went to um, Shutterstock and was like, hey, we, we want stock footage to be able to use for future uh, music festivals, right? Yeah, it's actually, it's funny. It's actually, it's Boots and Hearts went to Live Nation um, who kind of runs Boots and Hearts. Right, right. And Live Nation uses Shutterstock as their vendor or used Shutterstock as their vendor, at least for when we did Boots and Hearts. Yeah. So it's kind of like just a tree. Yeah. So what I, what I didn't know at the time is that Shutterstock will actually um, send emails out or there's actually a section for photographers that, you know, they'll send out these projects and then those photographers can actually apply. Um, you know, like for example, for Boots and Hearts, they were like, we need videographers and we need photographers that can shoot, you know, this type of event and create content so that it's stuff that they can use for promos stuff that they can use uh like throughout that week to promote the actual event and even for for future festivals too um and this was something that anthony actually knew he was enrolled in their program and he got the email and they were they happened to be looking for i think it was like five photographers and three videographers three videographers it's funny because i don't know if he told you but He's like, I just said yes, knowing, not knowing that you guys would be available. Even yeah. I was like, look, I can get a team of seven yeah. people. I got this. And like Anthony, like bull in a china shop, was like, <laughs> I can assemble yeah. a team. We're gonna do it. And I, I, I remember because I think Anthony called Drew, and then Drew called me. I was sitting at the five hundred levels of a Blue Jays game, and Drew's like, "Want to shoot <laughs> boots and hearts?" And I'm like, "Sorry, what?" <laughs> yeah and, and uh i was like he's like yeah just send me your reel uh tonight and i was like okay so i was like i leave the jays game early go home update my reel send it to to andrew so he could send it to anthony mm-hmm. and then i think within two days we got confirmation that we were yeah. shooting the festival yeah like i know on on our side because at the time i didn't know twain uh i didn't know Z- yeah, i didn't i had yeah, no idea so weird twain was a twain was a thing um but uh, basically, Anthony, came, we we have a group chat, uh, and there's a few of us in there, uh, a few phot- photographers. And Anthony was like, "Hey, so I just got this email, this gig uh, from Shutterstock. Do you guys want to be a part of my team?" And you know, at first, I was like, "For you know, to be a, at a country festival, I don't know, like that's not really my shtick." Um, but then you know, we all were like. But you we all were it. like, you know what? It's it sounds like a pretty interesting gig. They're they're giving us, you know, um, board and lodging, and they're feeding us for all of those days, um, and you know the pay was pretty decent. And you know you're at a festival; it's going to be a good time regardless. Um, so we were like, yeah, like let's go, let's do it. And then you know from there, we we all stuck together. It's where I met Twain. Um, you know, like when I first met him, he was very much a bro bro kind of person. Like he had a bandana on. He had like <laughs> he had this. That was so the sweat went in my massive eyes, man. Ronin, Dude, it was like thirty-five plus you know, degrees. My first impression. I also was carrying the Ronin. <laughs> my... I was also carrying out the Ronin the entire weekend. Okay, the Ronin is not a light yes. gimbal. No, it's I not. will say that. It's not. Okay, and so I'm, I'm. And so this guy thinks I'm a bro just because I wear no, a bandana no. for the sweat. No, like, he was very um... much a bro because I remember the entire weekend this guy would just say, "Yo, sauce me that, sauce me that battery." Sauce me that SD card, so, like and like just 
things that it's he would Drew say. It's because Drew says sauce. No. It's because Drew says sauce. I spent a lot of time with Drew. <laughs> did, wait, did he learn it from you or did you learn Our it from him? Our friend also just. I learned it from uh, him because he would just say, like, yo, sauce me or late meter. And I'm that. like, what? Sauce you? Okay, but here's the thing. Sauce. Okay, I used to play hockey. This is a sidetrack. Sauce is to like sauce a pass. Like it's a saucer pass, right? So it's like I'm I'm not I'm not unaccustomed to that type of terminology. So it's like, oh yeah, I'll sauce it to you. And sauce, just put on a pillow, you know, for a clapper from the point. Oh my god. But yeah, so so that's how uh, that's how we got to shoot one of the biggest gigs that we worked on, and that's how Twain and I got to meet. And you know, many years later, we're now yeah podcast so i guess that's doing this podcast yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy and it's like that's only like what two degrees of separation it's like andrew and then mm-hmm. anthony and like it's really about it at least for me and i mean i look at i look at things now even for myself um at my network now i i know i shoot with one of my friends um we've known each other since we were 15 and uh we both worked at the same after school program and so she i don't know she, like I went to university and, you know, she carried on with her life. Uh, she had a kid and she was getting into mom blogging and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and, and being a, a mom creator. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was starting to realize that she's trying to get some money from it. And she wanted to up her level by, you know, taking nicer photos. And she saw that I was getting into photography. So I think we had a shoot at the beginning of 2018 um and that's when i started to make a little bit of money too from photography and so she paid me for it and was super cool and um now i work with her on pretty much every social media campaign that that she has Mm -hmm. right so uh that has actually led to me to shoot at oceaga that's led me to shooting with like other people like people that know drake and stuff Mm -hmm. like it's is crazy where that network's led me so um but then it might not be like huge gigs but like just the people that I know and that I've met from that one person taking a chance on me and liking mm. my work um, has opened so many doors for me, right? And it's it's kind of crazy to kind of look back on. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's like I got this job because this person knew that person and then this person knew that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess like never undervalue um, how much network how much networking is an asset to who you are as a creator, right? Because it can lead you to opening some pretty wild doors so i mean whether you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out what your discipline is going to be in the creative space or right now maybe your discipline doesn't align with your passions there are several ways that you can go about getting to where those two align you know don't disregard networking don't disregard making mistakes and doing creatives um, in the passion in the thing that you're passionate about because that's going to lead you Uh, one step closer to it so i hope that you enjoyed this episode you know feel free to leave us comments uh in the youtube video um, or you can also follow us at in frame podcast on instagram as well and we will see you guys in the next episode